The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve uh, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. I, I want to stop there. Actually, no, I don't. I want to keep going for one more verse. My bad. <laughs> uh, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and this one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. Um, I want to stop there and talk about this real quick. Um, so first thing you need to know is that this is a Roman centurion and he's not a Jew. He has no... Uh, he shouldn't have a faith in God. He shouldn't have a faith in Jesus at all. He's not a Jew. He, he didn't grow up that way. Um, there's no reason for him to believe that Jesus could do anything at all. Um, but seeing Jesus perform these um, vast miracles uh, throughout, and he he came to God, and he really believed in Jesus. And verse 9, I just want to read this again. This is really important. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. This is really important because what he's hinting at is he understands that God has given Jesus authority to do these miracles, that it's not through Jesus' own power, but it's through God's authority that Jesus can perform these miracles. Okay, so on to verse 10. When Jesus, said, uh, when Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So this Roman centurion who had no reason to believe in God, no reason to believe that Jesus could do anything, uh, has this amazing faith that Jesus hasn't seen throughout Israel. No Jew had the same faith that, Jesus, uh, that this Roman centurion had. And it, it astonished Jesus that this this man who has no reason to believe in him had such great faith that he says that Jesus just had to speak the words and his servant would be healed. That he didn't even have to lay a hand on him. That he didn't have to be around him. That all he had to do was just say that the servant was healed and he was healed. So on to 11. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed that very hour. So just as the centurion believed that Jesus could heal his servant, his servant was healed. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like Jesus was like, Oh, there's a sick guy, I should go heal him. I mean, that never actually happens in Scripture. It's always someone with great faith coming to Jesus, asking for a miracle. And, I mean, what happens when there is no faith or when there's little faith? So if you guys would turn to uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 4. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives in his own house, is a prophet without honor. I want to give you guys a little bit of background on this. So um, Jesus was traveling um, through Israel, and uh, he decided to stop back in his hometown of Nazareth. And so in the verses um, prior to verse 4, uh, the people of Nazareth were like, Oh, isn't this just the son of Mary and the son of Joseph? Isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? Isn't he just a carpenter? Like, they, they had no faith that Jesus had um, 
any authority through God to perform any miracles. And you can see that um, it goes on in verse 5. How could, um, how, my bad. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. I, f I find this really astonishing that back in Matthew, when the Roman centurion went up to him and he asked Jesus just to speak the words, and his servant would be healed. That the servant did not need to be near him at all. Jesus did not have to lay his hands on his servant just to speak the words, and his servant would be healed. And, and then compared to this story, when Jesus goes back to Nazareth, and he has to lay his hands on these few sick people, and that he wasn't able to perform many miracles, that he had to lay his hand on only a few sick and only heal a few of them. I mean, what's the real difference here? And he explains it in verse 6. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. That these people of Nazareth had no faith in Jesus. That they thought he was just, oh, we know him. He grew up in this town. He, 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 there's nothing special about him. His mother was pregnant with him before they were married. Like, there's nothing special about Jesus. And, and there's a very, very contrasting theme between Matthew 8 and Mark 6 where this Roman centurion is like, you can do anything. I believe that you can do anything. And these people of Nazareth, they didn't think he could do anything. And, and you see that uh, God was working through Jesus to heal everyone in Matthew chapter 8. And then when you get to Mark 6, Jesus was barely able to heal a few sick people. So turn to uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus had sent out 72 people to go into nearby towns and to cast out demons and to heal the sick and to perform these miracles in his name um, and the scriptures prior to this. And they, they came back with joy. They came back astonished that even the demons, even the spirits were submitting to them by Jesus' name. That the, all they had to do was speak Jesus' name and the spirits would submit to them. And they, they had this amazing faith in Jesus and in Jesus' name. And they understood that through God's authority, Jesus' name was power. That they could do anything through Jesus' name. So on to verse 18. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And so Jesus is telling them that through my name, you have power to overcome the enemy. You have power to overcome Satan. You have power to overcome anything. That anything is possible through faith in God. That as long as I have authority through God, and you have faith in me, and you use my name, you have authority. And so on to verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And this part, this part is, is uh, I really like this part. It's 
It's probably my favorite scripture that we've read the whole time. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's great. That's, that's fantastic that you guys were able to cast out demons and heal the sick and to perform these amazing miracles. But that's not where it ends. That's not even the most important part, guys. I mean, that's all great and everything, but like the most important part is that now through me, you have a relationship with God. That because you had faith in me, that you had faith in God, through me, you have a relationship with God. And, I mean, God was really working me with these scriptures lately, and I was reading through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and the gospel. And, I mean, I, had a, I was going through a little bit of a tough time, you know, like, oh, I'm stuck in Iowa. What am I going to do? I go to a community college. I mean, really, what is there for me here? Uh, and I, I felt stuck and trapped here. And then God's convicting me, like, have faith. Have faith that I will turn this around for you. Have faith that in me, you can do anything. And so as I was reading through this and I was thinking, you know, how am I going to, what, what am I going to tell you guys today? And I'm, my dad always, like, tries to get a sticky point down. Um, every sermon, and I had a little bit of a hard time coming up with one, but I finally got it, and so it's really just anything is possible through faith in God, and I know that sounds really cliche. I mean, we all went to church. We all come to church. We hear that. Oh, yeah, anything's possible through faith in God, and like, all you have to do is have faith. Jesus says all you have to do is have faith of a mustard seed, and you can move mountains, but I mean, like, we never actually really take it to heart it's never like a big deal to us. Like, oh yeah, we believe in God. We pray at dinner. You know, we come to church every Sunday. We pray for the sick. We go out and, I don't know, give food to the homeless and people who don't have food. And, but where's your faith at? Do you have faith in God that, you know, that through you, you're actually gonna make a difference? And these people's lives through you that you're going to actually make a difference in the world because without that faith I mean how are you ever going to become Jesus to the world and that's that's the biggest part and that's the most important part is that we are Jesus to this earth that everyone can see Jesus in your life and as Christians we get caught up in coming to church and doing the routine that we kind of forget about like the most important part is that having a relationship with God and that means having faith in God I and mean, they go hand in hand once you have faith in God you have a relationship with God and it should be once you have a relationship with God you should have faith in God and I think that we forget that a lot of the time I think that's not a very big part in our lives as Christians we kind of see it as you know secondary First things first, we go to church. We act like we're good people. But I mean, that's not enough. I mean, it's, it's never enough. I mean, Jesus never asked us to go to church. He wanted us to be like him to the world. That's what he wanted. And so really, like, we actually need to take this into our hearts and r really, like, mull it over 
that anything is possible through faith in God. Bow your heads and God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to share with what you've been really like getting on to me about lately. And I really hope that these that these people really take it in and mull it over and God that that this changes how they view faith in you and that they become faithful like Jesus was. And they become faithful like Jesus' disciples were. That that they have the faith of a mustard seed. Thank you for this wonderful morning. In Jesus' name, amen.